This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbours. The following podcast is brought to you by two very happy hammers. And whilst they sound sober, at least one of them is very much intoxicated. We make no apologies for this, purely because... We're all going on a European tour, a European tour, a European tour. Carry you irons! You're listening to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. What a day, what a season, what an achievement. West Ham have finished the campaign in 6th place, which means we will be playing in the Europa League next season. Incredible scenes at the London Stadium where 10,000 lucky West Ham fans got to witness our best Premier League finish in over two decades. Lots to talk about tonight, as well as news from X and questions from patrons of the West Ham way. That's all coming up on tonight's show. X, where do we start? What a day. An emotional day, actually. A fantastic win over Southampton that completes what's been a fantastic season. How do you feel, mate? Oh, absolutely buzzing, mate. You know, predicted 3-0, got the 3-0. It was a happy day. I, th- I thought we, you know, played first 15 minutes for a little bit ropey and uh, credit to Fabianski. You know, I've been a little bit critical of him, but I think he made a couple of crucial saves mm, to kind of to keep it, keep the score down. And then, and then our class just came through and we should be beating the likes of Southampton with the team and the form we've got and the team and form that they've got but it was just so good to finish the season like that fitting that Declan scored um as you know as the captain that's taken us to where he where we are um and just yeah absolutely buzzing mate finished above Tottenham finished above Arsenal Europa League you know brilliant 
absolutely amazing, mate. I can't, I can't wait till next season when we can all start going. You know, I was, I was gutted. I couldn't go to the game today. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't have gone even if I'd got tickets. But gutted to see everyone. Pleased for everyone else, but obviously from a selfish point of view, gutted that I, I couldn't go. But uh, we can't wait till next season now with European football and fans being back. I think we'll appreciate it so much more. And what you've got to remember, mate, is since you and I have been fans in the top division, this is the second highest we've ever finished. Obviously, yeah. we finished fifth under red nap but um six so in 30 years you could argue this is the the um second best season i've ever ever supported the club through so and even when we finished fifth um we had to go for the intertoto cup didn't we so we didn't actually qualify um mm. directly from the league so absolutely buzzing mate loved it what a season what a team what a manager what a backroom staff happy days happy yeah. days yeah the good times are back mate the good times are back and listen to this so that isn't the start of another code red. <laughs> the start of the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> that is a seriously fucking large rum and coke. The first of many tonight. <laughs> it's time to celebrate. It is time yeah. to celebrate. I just can't believe it. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season we'd have finished sixth? And the fact that we have is a credit to the players, the staff. And the man who has surprised everyone this season, David Moyes, what a job he's done. Incredible. Oh, unbelievable, mate. I mean, the thing is, when you look for manager of the season, I know probably it's going to go to Guardiola, especially if he wins the Champions League, because, you know, he's won the a cup, he's won the league, he's won the, yeah. you know, he's won the Champions League. So in terms of success, you can't really, you can't really, you know, argue with that. But in terms of, like achievement that was least expected. Like Moyes has got to be up there, you know. Like he's taken a team that survived relegation by a week um, to uh, to um, you know challenging for Champions League up until a week ago. And really, if you look back on some of the performances that were. You know, really close, or a couple of dodgy VIR decisions, and you know, all the wood times we hit the woodwork. Really, if we'd finished in the, in the Champions League spot, it would actually probably have been more deserved than finishing sixth. So it's been an absolutely amazing season, and I think, I think, boys, it's just done a fantastic job, and you can't, you can't knock anything that's happened this year. No, absolutely not. And when we talk about giving people credit for what we've achieved, is it only fair to give some to the board as well? Well, that's going to come up in one of the questions later. But, um, uh, yeah, so I don't know how much you want to talk about it at this point now. But the thing is, you, yeah, it's, I think you have to, mate. The thing is, like, there's going to be people that argue either way. There's going to be people that say, no, they just got lucky. They should have tightened in January. Uh, sorry, not tightened. Should have spent more in January. I mean, should have uh, strengthened the squad. You know, they got lucky appointed the cheap option in Moyes that turned out to be the right option. You know, there'll be those that say that. And then there'll be those that say, no, it's, you know, great. You know, the, the buck stops at the top. They appointed the manager. They allowed him to sanction, you know, Suchek, Shafal, get the backroom staff in. I mean, they were against Stuart Pearce coming back, but then Moyes insisted and Stuart Pearce did come back. You know, that. so you, you can argue either way. It's quite funny because on, on Twitter this week, such is the way Twitter goes, and I'm not going to harp on about it because I know people don't like it when we go on about Twitter too much, but we've I've been called. Well, both of us have been called the West Ham way, I guess, collectively, has been called, called that all we ever want to do is slag the board off and get them out and 
or our gender is just anti-poor with GSB out. We won't consider anything different. And, and then I've seen other people say, oh, well, we're, we're brown nosers. All we want is the board in and stuff. Um, so it's, it's really, ridiculous. yeah, I, I know, mate, it's, whatever opinion you give, if it's different to someone else's, there has to be a reason for you giving it. If you're an account like this, rather than it actually being your own opinion, my opinion is genuinely split. I think more in the sense that I'd like to, 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 I don't know, actually, I can't decide which way I go with it because I can see arguments for both. You know, like I said, I thought it was a cheap option to get him. I think we should have strengthened more in, in January. Um, I think, you know, we've, we've got lucky in the sense that we've just appointed such a good manager. Um, but then they appointed the manager. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a very 50-50. I could take an argument either way, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I would say I was more seventy thirty that they should get credit. Would you? To be okay. honest, because yeah, I would. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, because look, like you say, with David Moyes, I think it's very easy to palm it off as oh, you got lucky. I mean, we're talking about Premier League football now, and these decisions are crucial in football. And we wasn't part of that interview. We wasn't in that room to hear what David Moyes had to say no, for but himself. Mate, they did beat him off the first time, though, didn't they? Yeah, but but they but they reappointed him, you know they reappointed him, and on the back of his appointment, we've just qualified for the Europa League, and they could have turned around at some point and said, "No, we can't get David back; it's going to be embarrassing." But they moved that to one side, and yes, you could say it was a cheap option, or you could say, "Well, actually, David Moyes might have given a brave heart speech in that room and spoke about plans uh, to build this football club to take us to that next level and really sold himself." And the, the, the decision lied with Golden Sullivan as to whether they believed in what he believed in. And they chose to believe in it. And now we've qualified for the Europa League because of that appointment. I, I just, look, I'm bald out and you're bald out. But I do believe in giving credit where credit's due. Look at the squad of players we've got now. The board have signed off on them. They agreed to sign those players. You have to give an element of credit to them because God knows, and understandably so, they soak up enough shit from West Ham fans when things are going wrong. So when things are going right, shouldn't that work the other way? Yeah, you make a fair point, mate. But then you look beyond what what it is. You know, the training ground is shit. The scouting network is shit. Um, the um, you know other the ground it technically is shit. You know, there's a lots of things that make up a bigger picture to the whole opinion. You know, again, I don't know if you saw, but the Leicester chairman today, and it's only tiny little things. And I'm just saying it for devil's advocate, almost. But the Leicester chairman today, they left. I think it was a cook. No, brownie a drink and a happy clapper thing not that i'd actually want one of those but those three on on every fan's chair today um and i think it might have even been a, a voucher for the club shop as well it's just little things like that just go a long way and, and yes they deserve credit 100 percent because they ultimately as i when i've said when i'm criticizing them the buck stops at the top so then when things are going well the same should apply so you you, you are right in that respect but the key thing mate before either you me or anyone else can make a your opinion on them again going on from this season is that whether they build on it or not now they have to invest in in summer they have to give enough players and money to enable us and I'll, i think i have a rough idea what that's going to be for my section to enable us to um compete both in europe in the cups and in the league still um and we need to show that we have ambition that this isn't just a one-off season that was maybe helped by varying factors like you know covid 
COVID, where there's no fans in the ground. You know, that that could be a key reason in all of this. Um, mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that we, um, that we uh, yeah, build on it for next year and look to improve things like, you know, the, the, the facilities and the scouting network and things like that, continually build this project. Um, and we should see whether that happens or not. But I think, yeah, the, the bottom line is the main people, the main people that deserve credit for this season are the manager, obviously, and his backroom staff. Don't forget how many times I've said the importance and how, and how obvious it is to people anyway, how important Kevin Nolan is, how important um, Stuart Pierce is, Irvine, um, the, uh, Xavier, the goalkeeping coach, Nevin, you know, they've all, they've all played a huge part in it, so they deserve credit. You've got the likes of Mark Noble and Declan Rice as captain and 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 figureheads and you know maybe throw Cresswell and or Bonner possibly into that for leading this group of players and then you've also got to throw in the signings that have been made you know Shufel, Suchek adapting to the lead, Lingard you know every signing that's been made, Dawson has been superb so there's a number of factors I don't think you can specify exactly who's the main winner but if you go to it has to be David Moyes Mm. Oh, I totally agree. And listen, going back to the owners, there are black marks against their ownership and the way they run the football club. I'm not going to argue that for one second. But if we take the emotion out of it, which I think some people struggle to do when it comes to talking about GSB, it's madness, in my opinion, not to just give a little bit of a pat on the back because they do sit at the top of this tree, a tree that has grown fantastically well this season because of appointments that they've made, players that they've signed off on, backroom staff that they agreed should come to the football club. And you can argue that they didn't want Stuart Pearce, but they could have stood their ground and said, no, look, we've said no, we don't want him, that's it. But they were flexible enough to say, okay, if that's what you want, David, bring him in. You know, they've done certain things where you have to say they are part of this family, whether you want them or not. And generally speaking across the board, whether you see a long-term future for them or not, you have to say that finishing in the Europa League, sixth place this season, you can't say they've had nothing to do with it. I just can't accept that. And we've said before, X, and a lot of fans are saying it, they look at Leicester as a football club and they are the poster boys for how a football club should be run. But over a 38-game period, X, we finished one point behind them. I know, I know, and it's, it is a fair point, mate. And, you know, I think this argument will always divide the supporters. But at the end of the day, they the, the season, it has to be seen as a success for all parties, all individuals involved in it. And we have to build on it for next season. You know, the, the worst thing the board can do now is just take this season and then sit back and just not not let us build on it. Oh, because yeah, then, that, yeah. then that shows a million percent that it was almost a bit fluky and... Yeah that they're not here for the right intentions if they then go and spend a decent amount of money in the summer and we continue to invest and it's going to be hard to match this season because don't forget we finished above you know the likes of Arsenal um uh, Tottenham, you know, clubs that histo- Everton uh, that will historically finish above us usually um, you know, so it is going to be hard to match this season next year but it, we need to finish at least top half next season um, and we need to have good stab at, at least one of the three cups that we're going to be in now for and, and we need to see that mm. continuous progression, we should not, because this is what we were promised when we moved to the stadium, we should not be in a relegation battle again from this point onwards okay, so no. of course I'll 
be like freak seasons, but we need to build. We need to make sure that rather than it being the norm, it's now a rarity if it if it happens at all. So we need we need to definitely build on and kick on for this season. And there's so much to celebrate um, about what's happened this season. But there's some key things they need to do moving forward. You need to make sure that Declan Rice stays and is the captain and is known that the future of this football club you build around him. You need to make sure that Lingard signs. You need to make sure that we sign at least one, probably two uh, forwards. You need to look at getting your scouting network sorted. They've got to be continuous progression with these things. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. And David Moyes and the players have done their bit. Now the board have to do their bit. And the spotlight is on them massively in the summer. And look, I don't know the intricacies of the finances and just how much of an impact COVID has had on what football clubs can spend. But if I see that we're going to be giving David Moyes 20, 30 million pound, and I'm seeing other clubs around us that didn't achieve what we achieved, spending more, then there have to be questions asked. You know, I, I just don't think at Premier League level with TV rights and European qualification, you can't be on your ass financially. Surely you can't be on your ass financially. You have to be able to have a go in the summer now. I mean, I don't know how much you understand about the finances. Well, this is going to come in my section, mate. But um, Oh, no, they're perfect. Perfect, because we'll learn more about that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, look, on a a positive note, I thought Pablo Fornells was absolutely outstanding today. Mm -hmm. And it made me think that we need a decent song for Pablo now. I don't know if you agree. And within about two minutes, X, I created one that I quite like, to be honest. <laughs> and I want to was share this it with you. before the rum or cokes or after? This was during. Okay. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm a few down now and I'll continue to be a few down. Um, but do you know what? You know, you look at the likes of Pete Doherty, made some of his best stuff when he was smacked off his tits. You could arguably <laughs> say that when this becomes a terrace hit, you remember the day that Dave Walker created this in two minutes on Rum and Coke? I'm so, so surprised that of all the musicians that we smacked off their face, you only could pick Pete Doherty. You could probably, <laughs> probably pick about 90% of them. Yeah, yeah. very true. <laughs> very true. Yeah, very true. Um, I want you to mark this out of 10, okay? okay? Yeah. So I was thinking he's Spanish. When I think of Spanish music, I think of the Gypsy Kings. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I think of them, I think of the song Bambaleo. Do you know that yeah. one? Yes, I do, mate. Bambaleo, yeah. Bambaleo. Yeah. You don't need to sing it. I know it, mate. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. You don't want to give me the encouragement I need. You got to do with it, mate. If you're going to go on to international pop stardom, you're going to deal with a little bit of heckling, a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, pre-performance nerves. Listen, I like this, right? And it's it's quite. It's short and sharp, and it just repeats, okay? But listen, tell me what you think, okay? Pablo Fornells, Pablo Fornells, our Cockney Spaniard from a place called Castellon. Pablo Fornells, Pablo Fornells, he works his bollocks off for 90 minutes long. That's not bad, is he from a place called Castellon? Yes, Wikipedia told me so. Okay, good. But listen, imagine we're at a terraces, right? Tottenham away, yeah? There's fucking thousands of us singing this after Pablo's just put us one nil up, ready? Pablo Fornells, Pablo Fornells, our Cockney Spaniard from a place called Castellon. Pablo Fornells, Pablo Fornells, he works his bollocks off for 90 minutes long. 
It's not bad, mate. I mean, Castellon and Long technically don't rhyme, but it's we'll look oh, over you that. Take that. You're being arsed there, mate. And you're Castellon and, and Long? I think, yeah, that's fucking near it, it, damn it, isn't it? Well, no, well, Long ends NG and Long, I assume it's just an I mean on Castellon. But a bit harsh, mate. I mean, if we can get to the marking before we fall okay, out, I mean, right. get what you're saying out of ten. Um, no, it's not bad, mate. I'm just giving you a bit of bants, aren't I? So um, I'll, <laughs> I'll go with 8.5. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take yeah, that. I'd say there's something. It's not got that like that pie, like you know, <laughs> like um, we've got pie like magic, but it's not. It's not bad. It's a good effort. It's Singapore, just, wasn't it? It's Singapore, and I just yeah, I, yeah, it's Singapore. Let, let try and promote it, mate. See, see how you go. Yeah, I think so. And as always, if any patrons or anyone listening to this has a better alternative for a song for Pablo Four Nails. I think now's the time and we want to hear them. And if we get any good ones, maybe we'll do it on the show over the next week or so. Because we've done this before, didn't we? For Jared Bowen, um, I think Declan Rice as well, Suchek, yeah. Mm. And uh, we've got some great responses. So let us know your ideas because I think Pablo was brilliant today. And I think actually... When you look at it across the season, he's been a bit of an unsung hero, to be honest. So yeah, I think, I think so. I think, I think it's so. time we had a song for Pablo. And I like him as well. He's he's so yes. likeable, isn't he? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, what I like about him is, yes, he's technically a decent player. Yes, he's, um, you know, contributed to a very positive season and some. But what I like about him is what your song says as well like his work ethic and the fact that he always puts in a shift not just going forward but defensively as well he's also seems to be a very likable chap like all the all the players seem to get on with him like, i think it's you mm. can say that for probably every player in the in the side but he seems to be good mates with declan and jesse and that sort of group and then mm. obviously good mates with the with some of the, the spanish spanish speaking players and things like that so i think he i think he's a i think he's a real good addition and he and he's only young you know, he's like what twenty three is he? Something like that, twenty four. Um, so he's got potential to continue to get better and better. And I, yeah, I've got a lot of time for four hours. To be honest with you, mate, as I said all season uh, after Hilaire left, there's not a player in that squad that I don't have a, an affection for or mm. don't see some use of them being in the squad. There's not one player I look at and think, ah, oh, gosh, like I really wish they weren't selected. Are they going to frustrate me? Are they don't do this? They don't do that. Alaire, as everyone knows, used to frustrate the crap out of me because I just thought he would for 45 million. I don't want to go over old wounds here, but he just didn't offer enough. He didn't fit into the West Ham way. I didn't like the way um I just didn't feel like he was always making 100 percent effort and stuff. And and now he's gone. There's not a single player that I look at and think, yeah, maybe need to move them on. I mean, there's players that I think, okay, they're not that great, but there's no one I think, right, gotta get rid of them, gotta get rid of them. That I think all of our squad are a decent bunch that can all offer something in in their sort of capacity. You know, like if you was to tell me we've got to go the rest of the season with, say, I don't know, Randolph as the number one, I wouldn't be overly excited. I wouldn't be gutted, but I wouldn't be overly excited. But I still think as a backup keeper, as he proved against West Brom, he's a good backup keeper to be able to bring in when needed. You know, Lanzini, perhaps I think is his time done, but then I still like him. I still like him as a person. Still think how I like how he's contributed to West Ham over his years of being here. So there's not even Anderson, mate, whilst he's incredibly frustrating and massive 
massively frustrating towards the end of his time at West Ham. Could he be someone that you keep when we're in Europe? You know, he might be better for European football. You know, if we're playing in Italy, for example, where mm. he had a good career, is he the sort of person you can bring in for that game and, and say rest a Fornells or or a Lingard or whatever and, and give Anderson some time? You know, that mm. he's a good player. He's lacking in maybe confidence and, and I don't know, a desire perhaps at times. But if he knows he's going to play, be playing on the European stage again, it's only going to benefit West Ham because he'll, at the moment, I'd say his value is next to nothing. I mean, there's been talk of us almost giving him a free transfer now to get him off the wage bill. So if he can sort of stick around and put in some decent appearances in Europe, then it's only going to benefit him and us. So, yeah, love the squad at the moment. Love the backroom staff. Love everything about West Ham. Everything is so positive at the moment. It just feels so right. Like we've been waiting for this moment for such a long time. And as I tweeted earlier as well, it's been so needed for me and probably for many, many, many people out there for a very difficult year um, to have that constant thing. Because basically my life, because I've been in lockdown pretty much for the last year because of A, everyone has, and B, my family circumstances, it has been the one thing doing this podcast and watching West Ham that's been constant. And the fact that we've been playing so well has made a massive difference, massive difference, more so than I can almost describe. And I'm so grateful for that, that it's been so positive and that it's so likeable as well. Everything about West Ham feels right at the moment. It does. We're in a good place, aren't we, with those boys? definitely. definitely. But it does also highlight the importance of building on those squad of players. I mean, he finished third under John Lyle. He wasn't backed by the owners at the time. And three years later, we got fucking relegated. Exactly. And then we tore apart that squad. You know, they sold, Mm. um, you know, Cotty to Everton, McAvenny to to Celtic. Um, Wardy went, you know, to Man City. I know they got uh, Bishop and Wardy in return, but still they, they went, you know, then the likes of... Devonshire and Phil Parks sort of got injuries and well towards the end of their careers so they weren't replaced properly and and the whole success of that team that should have won the league you know just kind of fell apart because we didn't back on it it's just a back of them and it's the same as that Redknapp team that finished fifth you know when what we did is we sold Rio for 18 million who then went and been sold for 30 million a couple of seasons later and spent the money on a load of rubbish really and so yeah. we just we just have to make sure yeah, we keep this nucleus because if we go through that squad, right? Okay, keeper is 35, 36, so you do need to look at the keeping position. Mm-hmm. But Chafal's like 27, 28, so you've got at least three or four good years out of him. Um, Ogbonna, okay, 32, 30, and Dawson, similar age, but you could probably get one or two years out of them. And then you've got Diop, and maybe you need to sign a, a young centre back to to come in. And also, you've got Baptiste as well, who's meant to be amazing. Left back, you possibly need to look at, but um, but Cresswell. But if you take that out, you know, Suchek, 27 or whatever he is, Rice is 22, Lingard's 28. Um, you know, you've got a number of players there that could be around for three, four years. You've got to look at a forward as well, because obviously, Antonio's in his 30s and also injury prone, but you've got a core there, a core of five or six players that could be playing for the club for many years to come. So you've got to keep them, keep the players that we had this season, but also be succession planning for when they either get injured or, you know, get old, too old. Yeah, it's so important, mate. So Mm. important. And that is why there is going to be overwhelming pressure on the board, in my opinion, to make the right decisions in the summer. Yeah. Um, 
and that pressure is absolutely justified because it's on them now. Well, mate. You know? Whilst I said they deserve some credit, I want to give them even more credit for spending a suitable amount of money to make us bigger and better than we are, so we can really. Hundred percent, and this and this is what we were promised. We were promised this season. Yeah. This is the first time, yeah. aside maybe from the last year at Upton Park, but then I think that was also probably helped by it being the last year at Upton Park and the fact we had Paye, who was like you know world class at the time. Um, I think this is the season that we should be that should be the norm at West Ham. This should be the norm now mm. we've got what the mm. third biggest stadium in the league is it in terms of capacity we were told when we moved there that was going to be the the platform to springboard us onto champions league football but if not champions league football than what we did this season you know because technically like you said we were what how many points off champions league football we were one behind leicester weren't we and how many were we behind chelsea we were terrible, was it two right? yeah so we were two points in the end off champions league football so you can say that that was that was competing with Champions League football basically Um, and also you take into account that it was two points it was Chelsea there were so many lucky incidents throughout the season where those two points could have been like gained for a twist of fate elsewhere and stuff that actually we really were in the fight so it's a great season it's just got to be the platform for others now this has to continue and we have to continue with David Moyes as manager so you've got to give him a long contract um you need to um trust him in the transfer market he has proven in his second spell that he knows exactly the sort of player that he needs to get at West Ham um and he and he needs to be trusted with it and I think he I think think he will be the board you know I, I don't know if it was if you noticed this and I hate to speculate on these sorts of things because it it sounds like I think it's morally not the perhaps the best thing to do but looking at David Gold today he didn't look in the best of shapes did he really I don't know and I think you no, know the fella's didn't. like what 83 or something now is he he needs to just stay as he is I guess if that's what he wants to do but how, like almost take less of a involved role and David Sullivan I think is in his 70s so if they can sort of sit back mm. provide them the money that's needed um, because I saw that saw something about Jack Sullivan obviously they've credited his dad's wealth to him but he was something like the third richest um person under 30 in the whole country or something like that um so you know they've obviously wow. got that wealth um they need to um they need to just sit back let david Moyes get on with it trust him trust him and his staff they're the football people to run it they provide the money they provide the sort of you know the infrastructure to run the other parts of the business but let david Moyes and his team do the football side Mm-hmm. Well said, mate. Well said. How good was it to see fans? Amazing, but I was massively jealous. I'm not gonna lie. I'm massively jealous. I could mm. see because my seat is right opposite the camera. So <laughs> whatever view you have on on Sky, I can see and I can see where I sit because like there's there's a signal I don't want to say too much. So I might have people coming up to me and abusing me in my seat next to next to when I go um, <laughs> in in August, September. But there's something that I that stands out about my seat and where it is. 
um, and so I know exactly where it is. When I look over uh, on the on the cameras and I can see two people sitting in my seats, I uh, didn't like that. <laughs> I felt jealous that I was not there. <laughs> However, if I take my selfishness out of it, it is great to have fans back there. It feels that that is that's what life is, and we should get back to life as soon as possible uh, because, like, I know they've had to do what they've had to do, and and years will time will tell us whether going into lockdown like this was the right thing to do but um but life has to go back to normal as soon as possible you know i mean the sad thing is you know like you take these lockdowns and stuff like my the guy that sits behind me at west ham i was thinking about this today actually i got quite choked up about it in lockdown he he died unfortunately and he was quite young i mean i think yeah i'm really gutted about it he died uh, I can't remember exactly when now, but it must have been towards the start of this season. So when they go like sort of October time, and he was an absolute diamond geezer. I reckon he was probably maybe 10 years older than me, not much older than me. I'm certainly not. He wasn't that old, certainly not. Um, but I mean, we used to talk every game. He was a really good lad. He was from the same sort of areas, you and I. You know, I think he lived in um, Gants Hill. So he's sort of area is where we grew up. Really, really nice fella. Um, chatted to him every single game. And then obviously he got ill in the first lockdown. And then he never, never made it back to a game, and I never saw him again. And you know, there's so many stories like that that you know that has made life so difficult in the last few years. That having people back at the games and having the normal stuff going on is just what we need. You get one life, you know. We can't spend so much of it not doing what's normal. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> that is amazing. And, and we've actually lost. A number of hammers oh, during gotcha. this fucking Lose, mate. period, and, and you know we'd like to remember them on yeah. this show as well, and and hopefully they pulled a few strings for us up there, um, because it's been a very sad time, and you know it, with the euphoria of what we've achieved, it's it's kind of easy to not have them at the forefront of your mind, but they should be because there's some very sad stories out there, and uh, obviously our thoughts go out to the friends and family of those that mm. we have lost. Um, but I swapped messages with a few people on Twitter that were there. And they all said it made them feel quite mm. emotional. And I totally mm. understand that. I mean, football is nothing without fans. And it was so nice to see the fans give the players and the manager the standing ovation they deserved. Well, I'll really be honest nice. with you, mate. And I think, who was it that said this? As well as one of our recent guests that we've had on the show. Might have even been the, the last one. Who was the last guest on losing track now? <laughs> uh, uh, was it Bobby Gould? It was someone after him. <laughs> Fuck it, we're terrible. Oh, come on, mate. <laughs> Nigel Winterburn, so I think it was him that said that, or it might have been Bobby, I can't remember, it was one of them, said that they don't, they haven't watched football much this year at all, it was Nigel, uh, I think, oh, I think even Bobby, sorry, okay, let's just go both of them, right, they said they don't watch football anymore um, this season because they haven't got fans in, I'm exactly the same, mate, I've barely watched anything, I said to my family today, I'm going to watch Match of the Day later, and I honestly believe that's the first time I would have done that because the other day I must have been staying up till a bit later or or it happens to be flicking through the channels and I saw the intro to match of the day right and you know that the intro to match of the day I used to get so excited every season watching the new intro and seeing how West Ham mm. featured in it I watched mm. it the other day and I didn't even see it that's the first time I've ever seen it this season and I, and I was like oh I don't remember seeing any of this I honestly don't believe I've watched um, a match of the day this season i also don't believe i've watched a game 
aside from West Ham's from start to finish of any other game in the whole of the football. No, nah, I don't think I have. No, exactly. And this includes England games, Champions League games, you know, other games that have been significant to West Ham because without having the fans there, it's just like watching a friendly game. I know there's more significance to it, but it feels like it's not real almost. Um, and I just haven't enjoyed it. Of course, I've enjoyed watching West Ham this year, but football on the whole has not been the same and the sooner we could get fans back in the better and I, I I pray so so much that Vegas goes ahead and fans can be back in the stadium from the start uh, from day one full capacity and we can just get on with life yes COVID's probably going to come back for a third fourth wave but the whole point I don't want to get political here but the whole point of these vaccinations was so that we could go back to normal so many of the population have had it apparently in the news today the Indian variant is um, the the jab works against it so let's not go into another lockdown let's just go try and get back to some form of normality because yes there's obviously the health reasons to have lockdowns and stuff but the mental health that is is caused by lockdown needs to be understood as well Um, because the effects it's had on my family for example not I've gone through a lot in my life anyway, but it's been made ten times worse by COVID and and stuff. And we just just let us get back to normal and start enjoying football and yeah, just get the fans back in hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I actually heard something quite disturbing the other day in relation to COVID. They're uh, they're currently investigating the theory that it was now started by an obscene amount of diarrhea found in an apartment in Ibiza in 2000. It wouldn't surprise me, mate. Ever since, ever since that holiday, I've not felt right. Seriously. Like, so it really, I would have been like the first, one of the first people to catch it. So I honestly... I, I, honestly, I can't no, believe mate, you're not dead by now. much more tougher than I let on. But like that, yeah, it really, really wouldn't surprise me. And do you know, the, one of the most exciting things about potentially going to Vegas this year is that John Black, and you've got it, we've got it in one WhatsApp messages, so it's in writing now. Has promised us, has promised us separate rooms when we go when we go to America. So I might have no more code raids. I might actually get a good night's sleep. Uh, it, it, it's exciting in itself just to be thinking of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I wanted to say something. I'm not going to because I don't even think I can use. No, I, I can't even use the word. But it, I, I just had a flashback because obviously it comes down to the perils of sharing a room with me, and obviously I'd come in from. Fucking hell, spending a long time gambling in the casino. I think I got in at fucking uh, four, five, six, whenever it was, and you'd gone up earlier. And obviously, you was in a deep sleep, but when I came in, I woke you up. And I got then went into quite a nice sleep, but you stayed up, and that was the beginning of yeah, but pretty much a Twitter meltdown from a, a, a choice of word that you used that you shouldn't because have of used. You. I know every every night, yeah. and that was the day before the event. Oh, I mean, I, I didn't make you say the no. words, but I understand that obviously, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have been awake to exactly. So, and yeah. a word I used, I ge- genuinely didn't realise the uh, the negativity of that word. But do you know what? Every night there was a there was an incident in Vegas because obviously that was one night. Then we had the night where you beat up Tottenham fans, right? So that, hey, that one. <laughs> and also, what people don't realise, there was a third night, which is, I think it was actually the first night. So the thing with Dave, or the thing with you, is that what happens when you start drinking is you just can't stop. See, I know, I know, apart from me, like... <laughs> 
apart from the first night in Ibiza, the first time we ever went where I was probably the worst for not knowing when to stop out of anything we've ever <laughs> yeah, done. And, that. I, and I completely ruined the holiday for me. That, that's for, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, this is a little bit hypocritical, but I kind of know roughly when to stop. I know round about 3am, I'm beginning to sort of like peak at that point and I need to wrap it up whereas you just go on to like six seven eight like you just don't stop so you know, I'm lying in bed and I'm pretty sure it was the first night so we're all jet lagged and stuff and a bit tired and you know all over the place and I'm asleep in my bed doing it and you come in and like drunk and everything you can't find the light switch so you're stumbling around near my bed for ages like just fiddling around <laughs> and stuff and then eventually all this stumbling around wakes me up just as well as the big loud bangers the door flung open when you came in <laughs> and, then, and then you and then you turn on the light and i'm like mate like what what are you doing you went oh for fuck's sake and you were like i might as well make even more noise and i said how by coming in playing a trumpet you know what what, what more could you have done <laughs> thank god we are gonna have separate rooms thank god yeah i think it's for the best yeah, mate definitely. i think it's for the best how excited are you for next Massively. season? Because this is really exciting Massively. times, mate, I mean, I'll tell you how excited I am. Since since the final whistle, I've already looked at all the European leagues, like the big European leagues, and worked out what teams are going to be in the Europa League. I've also looked at when the fixtures fall, because annoyingly with me, with my job, I just can't take days off. Um, when I want to take them off, I can only take them off at certain points in the year. So I've looked at um, times when the fixtures will enable me to go to Europa League games and stuff. And I've already been working it all out and looking at <clears throat> looking at some of the stadiums. I know that the final was in Seville. Um, unfortunately, again, it's midweek. So <laughs> how I'll blag that one, I don't know. But uh, um, the, the, it's the, I've already looked it up. I'm, I'm buzzing already for next season. Fans back, away days, you European fixtures. You know, I think because I've been so starved of football, you know, I haven't. The last game I went to was Arsenal away with you, which was what last, not this March, the March before, I think, or even wow, February. Yeah. So it's been about a year and four months. Up until that point, mate, I was working it out. The last season where I didn't go to a single football game, and, and this is like including matches of other clubs and stuff, was when I was five. And it was, so that would have been 1986, 87. Right. So mm-hmm. it's a long time to not go to football. So I, I'm desperate for away days next year. I want to go to, I want to do all the big, well, in fact, there's no away day I don't want to do. There's not mm-hmm. one fixture I look at and think, ah, I'll probably give that one a miss. Obviously, when it's Newcastle, you always say, oh, it's a bit far, but it's only four hours by the train. And it's a, and a, a Newcastle's a great city to go out in as well. Um, Norwich, yeah. you know, got lots of personal reasons for wanting to go there. Watford's a great away day. And then it's between Brentford, which would be an easy one to do, and Swansea. And, you know, our experiences of Cardiff last year make Wales oh, quite exciting Respect and stuff. So the way days can be great. We'll see Leeds. I haven't been to Ellen Road since about mid nineties. I would say Lee Chapman got sent off for them against us. I can remember. I've been to Villa Park since I think. Um, Avran Grant's first game in charge. So we're talking about 2011 or so. So I want to go to that. Um, you know, and obviously you've got the classic away days in there as well. So there's not, there's, I want to just smash it. I wanna, I'm going to try, try and go to as many games as possible. The year we finished fifth, I missed two games throughout the whole season. And they were like, that was when I was doing my A-levels. And I think it was like the day before an exam or something. And they were like Newcastle away and Blackburn away or something like that. So I really want to get as close 
close as I can to to mirroring that again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So both domestically and on a European level, I think it's going to be some great away days there. And oh, usually. Thanks to Manchester Randy, I've got some interesting details on the European competition next season. So this okay. might be obvious to some, not so obvious to others, right? But the Europa League has eight groups of four teams next season after the qualifying rounds are done. Oh. We go straight in to group stage, assuming, obviously, after we finish sixth. Uh, that's reduced from 12 groups of four this season. We'll play six matches from September to December. The winner of each Europa League group goes into the last 16 knockout phase. However, the runner-up in each group has to face the eight third-place teams from the Champions League groups who drop into the Europa in an extra knockout round. So if we finish third in our Europa League group, we actually stay in Europe but we then drop into the Europa Conference League to play in their knockout round against the eight runners-up in the Conference League groups. So there's a good chance we could progress to the very late stages of the Conference League, even if we drop out the Europa League. Mm. Well, definitely, mate. And I mean, uh, there's the Conference League is a is a, a thing that be worth you know trying to win because if you win that, you get into the Europa League. Was you win the Europa yeah. League against the Champions League? I mean, when I was looking at leagues um, earlier, other teams that we could play. I mean, I admittedly I haven't looked to see how many Champions League places they have and who's won the cup, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I could be wrong on some of these clubs. But when I looked at Spain, um, I am. Um, the top four, I'm assuming, against the Champions League in Spain. So in fifth was Real Sociedad, sixth was Real Betis, and then seventh for Villarreal, who are um, who are in the final against Man United to, to this week, aren't they? So that that any of them would be amazing. So Sociedad, Betis, or uh, Villarreal, and then I looked at the Bundesliga, and again I'm going to go with the top four, get the Champions League, and I don't know for certain if they do in Germany, but then you've got. Um, I'm track Frankfurt by Leverkusen and FC Union Berlin and then Borussia Mönchengladbach are in eighth so any of those would be absolutely amazing and then this is where it gets the most exciting oh no that's changed that's changed since I last looked right okay it was Juventus and when I last looked but um, the top four in Italy are Inter Milan AC Milan, Atalanta and Juventus, but fifth and Napoli. So how good would the way that Napoli be in Naples? Yeah, sick, yeah. sick for Lazio. So how yeah. good would that be? Yeah, like with, yeah. Especially with our links to Lazio. And then, right. and then in France, you've got, um, I don't know, again, if it's the top four, but let's say it is, you've got Marseille, a fifth. So we could play Marseille um, in the, in the, um, in that. And then in Holland, you know, final finished fifth. So you could play them possibly. So there's there's good teams like that we could have in the Europa League, and I, I assume you know um, Celtic, Celtic would be in it probably, won't they? Um, Rangers usually, or whoever wins the Scottish League usually drops into the Europa League. So there's going to be some really good games there, I think. Oh, there will be. There will be. Like I say, mate, the good times are back. We we should be celebrating. I certainly fucking am, mate. Honestly, as you're talking, I'm fucking drinking. I don't know how this is going to pan <laughs> out. I don't know if I'm going to finish the end of the show, but uh, it's just it's just a buzz, isn't it? And I've said it a thousand times before that, you now as West Ham fans, you wouldn't swap supporting this club for the world, but fuck knows we've been through some shit with this football club. And to actually now enjoy a period where... You can just be happy and excited about what you've achieved and what's coming up. It's just an absolute joy, absolute joy. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm buzzing off my tits here, as I know every other West Ham fan is as well. But as you know, 
thanks to a fuck up from Scorgers, we had to end the season prematurely on the West Way Premier League predictions competition, which means that the following players are the final top five and will win prizes for doing so. In fifth place, with 4,033 points, we have at Davo99. In fourth place, we have at Tony Close with 4,123 points. In third, we have at Jay Saywood Jones with 4,191 points. Then in second place, we have at Tom Davies 29 with 4,200 points, who was just 53 points behind our winner with an impressive total of 4,253 points for the season. Our new West Ham Way Prediction League Predictions Competition champion of the world is at Jerry Harring 10. So congratulations, Jerry. These are the prizes. So first prize is £200 cash, two season tickets for the West Ham Way pre-match event next season, an appearance on the podcast, which I've already spoken to Jerry about, is going to come on, and free entry into the competition next season. Second prize is £150 cash, two season tickets to the West Ham Way pre-match event next season, and free entry into the competition. Third place is £100 cash and free entry into next season's competition. Fourth place is £50 cash and free entry into next season's competition. And fifth place is two tickets to a pre-match event of your choice and free entry into next season's competition. Uh, We also have a signed West Ham shirt for the player with the highest weekly score, who was Ross Woolwood. So that's on its way too. Well done, lads, and well done to everyone that took part. We hope you'll all play again I, next season. I'll just follow on from that a little bit, actually. Um, so, obviously, yep. well done to all of them. Well done. Um, you obviously got up to the 34th week and did so well. And then we, the game stopped. But some of us continued to play just to try and prove a point that the league shouldn't have stopped then. Um, do you know who finished second by two points of overall weekly uh, winner this week? Well, I do know because uh, I saw the screenshot and I know it was you. 291 points. Okay, so let me just continue. I also got a good score last week. So I've actually put myself, if you you just say the league was two weeks old, I've put myself in 12th place in the whole overall game, thus proving that my point of cutting it off when we did was really unfair because I had that adrenaline, I had that grit, I had that determination and I I just proved it. So actually... I would say that, all right, you won the first um, Predictors League. I won the second one because I'm top and I've got the evidence. I've what? got the evidence. What the fuck are you actually talking about? I've got the evidence. About? I'll post, I'll post what it on evidence? Patreon, the league table. Mate, you've proved nothing. You do realise that I haven't played the last two weeks. I haven't made a single prediction. I cashed out on the agreement, the public agreement from you that Where, I've won this season. Agreement? Well... I tell you what, right? If you go and delete this, I actually fuck it. I'm going to take a screenshot now before you can do it as insurance, right? On Patreon, I don't want you scrambling for your phone to beat me to <laughs> this. Really on the announcement, on the announcement on Scorgeous, right? Someone said, I might have actually been on the last podcast. Someone said, "Oh, good to see you uh, accepting feet, uh, defeat gracefully, X." And you were like, "No, no, I did actually say to Dave that he's won." Yeah. So I thought, right, okay, I've got you now. That is a public admission that I have won this season, right? Now, on the back of you proving 
that you could have still won. You've proved absolutely no. fuck all because you don't know how many points I would have accumulated because I didn't zero. play. You, that's what you got, zero. So I got... But I didn't play. I, poor, I, mate, I've, I've withdrawn. I withdrew from competition. These two last weeks were for everyone else to carry on playing for the sake of playing. And I think the winners of both two weeks... Yeah, got and I missed out by two points. So I was second this week. Yeah, but listen, right? Well, would you get 291 uh, points? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 291. Right. So, so this, this, I'll tell you in a, a perfect analogy, right? It, this is like the Premier League with Man City being top by six points and Man, Man City, uh, sorry, Liverpool being second, six points behind Liverpool with two games left and the season stops at week 36, right? There's an argument that Liverpool, in very unlikely scenario, would have lost their last two. And Man City would have won their last two. But the difference being, Liverpool had a goal difference of plus 25 and Man City had, say, zero. You're never, ever going to catch them. And that is the position That's that you were true. in, 100%. Oh, because you're, you're, you might have got 291 points, but how do you know I, I wouldn't have got 300 points? Because you didn't. You got zero. But I didn't play. I'm not playing the What's game. Your fault? I, 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 the season stopped. At week 35, 36. So, and I made that very clear on that on that given show. That's it. I'm done. So I wasn't playing anymore. You can play for fun, which is what it is now. No, it wasn't for fun. It was to prove a point. The, the thing is, no listen, you would have you would have got over 400 points because that's what we were looking at in terms of the deficit. My there. total points was 357. What what this this week you're saying? 357. No, both weeks combined. Oh, both. Yeah, but that wouldn't have been enough. It would have. It wouldn't, it was mate. A, it I was, was, was 370-odd points clear of you, yeah? And this is without any points from me. Right, listen. If I'd have played the last two weeks, looking at my history over a 38-week period, I would have been points up. Listen. So I might have got 100 points, 150, 200. You listen. never would have caught me. I have. And, and I have to say, you are acting, X, disgracefully <laughs> when it comes to sportsmanship uh, mate, and you're going back on your public word of saying, I mate, actually won for a second year running. Mate, I, listen, the fans have already booked their tickets for the Open Top Bus Tour. I've got <laughs> I've got the Premier League two leagues that we're in, Victory, and I've got the last two weeks of Premier League prediction. I have done the treble this year. Mate, it is this an is absolute I am champions, treble, treble winners. <laughs> West Ham comes sick and I win the triple. The well, this is interesting considering last week you said publicly that okay, Dave has won it. Yeah, for that bit. Well, well, so would... what, where, where are you? Right, are you so you won... changing? No, you won the League Cup. I then went and won the FA Cup, the League, and the Champions League. Hey? So well, how the because... fuck do you work that one out? Because they, the League Cup finishes before everything else. So you won the first trophy, and I won the second, the third, and the fourth trophy. Well, what's so three one. What? So you're 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 making a comparison of one week's worth of competition versus thirty five, and that's two bigger weeks. than that, is it? Two weeks. Two, oh, two weeks. Sorry. So you're saying two weeks. And bearing in mind, you don't have a score from me to compare it against. You are literally clutching at those straws. <laughs> do you know the funny what thing is? to put this forward as an argument. <laughs> do you know the just funny clarify. Do you know the funny thing is, mate, just to add a bit of humor, right? Someone obviously clocked what I was doing on Twitter. And after the first five games of the first score week, so when you hadn't predicted any and I predicted five, you were actually beating me after five <laughs> 
<laughs> I was I was on like minus thirty or something minus forty, and I was like, oh my god, this is humiliating. And someone actually <laughs> tagged both of us, and they said something like um, something along the lines of, "How funny is it that X clearly wanted to get get an advantage over these next two weeks, and Dave is still beating him by not doing, <laughs> by not by not doing any predicting?" And I was like, "He's got a fair point." So I messaged him on Twitter. And I said, "Listen, mate, please, can you just delete that because obviously if Dave you sees didn't. it, I did." Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> Sad bastard. Oh, you're if, fucking if, if, if you can just delete that because you know at the moment it doesn't look great. But I'm like, I'm trying to stitch him up and I'm actually losing to oh him. And then God. and then obviously this week I completely turned it around. I got the West Ham score right. I got the mate, I got the Sheffield United score right. Who would have thought that they would win one nil? I got um I got about five scores right this game week. I think I got Liverpool right, I got Sheffield United right, I got West Ham right. I think I got Possibly Newcastle. I can't remember, but I got five, five right. Arsenal, that was one of them. I got Arsenal right. So I got f- about five right this week, and I was absolutely laughing. But um, okay, mm. listen, I will concede you won the overall game, but I will say I won the last two weeks and both of <laughs> fantasy football. There well, I've said to you a million times, you can have fantasy football fucking with bells on because I couldn't give two fucks about that. I quit after six weeks of shit game. I never wanted to play in the first place. So you can have that. I'll give you, you that really. one win for this season. But as you, I think, semi-gracefully have accepted, um, that is a two-year reigning championship performance from me. No, I'm, two, I'm, two, I'm two years up now. No, because the last league table, I've, I'm top. So I'll post that on Patreon. Everyone can see it. Well, so hang on the... a minute. So you're you're treating the last two weeks of this prediction league as a separate competition, yes. even though it's one that I haven't competed in. No, because you're not. You're, <laughs> How you're, can you're, you say you've beat me when I weren't even playing? Your name's in the hat. It's, I wasn't playing. It's not I didn't my fault. Make one prediction. Well, it's you're not, not my having, fo- you're not having two one. No it's not, way. It's you're not my fault one. that you're not organised. So you can no. get the lads together, <laughs> mate. Mate, I was very organised. I said, right, I'm out. I'm cashing out because yeah, you knew I'd win these last two weeks, mate. This is two nil. All day long, and it's when, like, and like I said, as soon as the fans get back in, I'll start to deliver. (laughs) The fans come back this week, and I get 291 points (laughs) that backs up everything (laughs) I've been saying. I'll tell you what, there's clutching at straws, and there's clutching at straws. Five spot on predictions. I'm having bottom line two nil victory on predictions. You can have fantasy football, Uh, which I won't be competing in next year, by the way. Okay, well, I'm not competing in predictions if you're going to be like that. Well, if I was you, after the, the losing to me twice, I'd probably do the same, mate. So I understand that. Well, the fans are back, so I think that's going to make a difference because... <laughs> well, we'll like see. Said, Time will tell. Mate, uh, the tell. proof is in the pudding. I got 291 <laughs> points this week with the fans back. Five spot-on predictions. You got none. Because well, I didn't fucking play the game. <laughs> <laughs> God, this is, I, I tell you what, mate. I have fucking enjoyed this predictions league this season. I, I have enjoyed have. winding it's you up. It's not for meant such to be. It's time. not meant to be a segment on the show, but you seem to have created the, yeah. the prediction league segment. Yeah. I think it's just people want to hear it, mate. You they know, they don't. Like, they can't on, stand Dave, it. Tell us how you got on this. How many mate, points have you smashed in by this week? All right, I'll talk about it. But mate, I've got the stats of the show, and it tells me 
which bit is the most listened to and which bit is the least and my section is well and truly the most listened to bit because that oh, that you know because that's the a-list doesn't stuff. surprise me to hear you say that, that yeah, that's the a-list stuff and then you know right. first and question section do all right you know get get a few amount of listeners but the prediction bit literally shows about 10 people listen to it of which is probably you your wife your mum your dad and maybe your brother <laughs> and, and, and literally that's it no one else cares can you send me a copy of those stats mate is that all right no why because it's private it's confidential gdpr right i can well, even though i sort of co-own the brand i can't have access to that now just to be clear but there's certain things you don't need to know about right okay mate no i understand i think i think the point's been very clearly made to everyone <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's move on no one let's wants to move hear. on let's move on but I, I have to say two years running fucking I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon i should have prepared a speech really but i'm very happy but again let's for, you didn't prepare it because you're unorganized <laughs> <laughs> and i still beat you two years running Maybe. right okay so now we can say that West Ham are officially fucking massive and we're <laughs> going to be storming Europe next season. Is it too early to find out which of the best players in the world wants to come and play for us? Maybe, but there's only one way to find out. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise and behind the scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Shake up your back-to-school routine at Whole Foods Market with fresh produce, snacks, supplements, and local favorites to jazz up any lunchbox or pantry. And with a big selection of ready-to-heat meals like vegetable lo mein and chicken tikka masala, it's easy to keep the family fueled up for the week. Always made with the high standards you trust from Whole Foods Market, like banning 230-plus ingredients from all food. All the more reason to make the flavors of Whole Foods Market part of your routine. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.